0: Hey, this Rum of the Mist podcast is brought to you proudly by the Nurses
1: Guild. Hi, this is Eddie Visa. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's laboratory. ha 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 ha.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Christopher Stilek back for another Breaking the Fourth Wall, and I'm extremely proud to sit down and talk to these ladies today. They are the vice president, co-founder, and a registered nurse, as well as director of nursing and registered nurse for the Nurses Guild, our proud new sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce to you Mrs. Lee Phillips and Gretchen Burhorst.
2: Yes. Hey. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are Good morning.
0: you? I'm great. Thanks for joining us today. I know you guys, ladies are busy, so I won't, I won't keep you too long, but I definitely wanted to break down because not only are you a proud sp- uh, sponsor of Breaking the Fourth Wall, I'm Realm of the Mist Entertainment, but because I am helping to promote your business in, in the sponsorship I wanna be able to dig deeper and really give the listeners a chance to know what it is your service provides. So why don't we go ahead and start off with simply, what is the Nurses Guild?
1: Well, we started this company um, in 2006, and my husband and I, he's a critical care nurse and I'm a psychiatric nurse. Okay. And we were, you know, started getting a lot of patients. And we decided, you know, we need to do this on our own. We can get more money to the bedside, take care of the patients better, and start our own thing and bring our own friends instead of working for somebody else. So I brought my friends, and <laughs> Gretchen's a very good friend, and more, yeah. and other. Friends yeah, and as well. she's a fellow psych nurse, and we ended up, you know, starting the nurses' guild, and then we ended up having two offices, one in uh, Lighthouse Point. Broward County, and the other in Palm Beach, Boca, where that's where we are today. Okay. Office, and we provide a lot of care, home care to patients. Patients don't want to go to the hospital; they'd rather stay in their home. And we try to provide therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nursing care, IVs. And psychiatric care. And our agency is different from others because we do provide psychiatric care. And, well, that was our specialty. Right. um, Pretty much. So we we really try. Because in the pandemic right now, people really need us. They really need the support. Because there's.
2: They, at this point in time, because of the COVID era it really most people don't want to go to the er and some people are actually dying because they're not going to the er because they might have a cardiac event happening but they're choosing to postpone it because of covid they don't want to get uh the, they don't want to get infected in the right. er so that's why home care is super necessary so they can have um the kind of treatment that they need And they can get it done at home, or if they absolutely have to go to the ER, then that can be done as well um, without running that risk. Um,
1: People are, are scared. And sometimes they'll call here, they'll call our office, or they call us because we get to know our patients personally. We have family members. We have this one family member that She, we feel like she's our family. I mean, she takes care of her husband who's really critically ill, and she does so much. And we try to support her as much as we can. We try to send her a nurse to help. We try to send her supplies. We do what we can, Um, but we get very involved. And it's probably because we've been very involved with our patients. Um, We try to give them whatever we can, so. That's pretty much what the Nurses Guild is about. It's about the patient and the care and the family. They're the most important things. And most of our patients have relationships with their nurse, and they'll ask for a certain nurse. I had an admission yesterday who it, the, the hospital wrote, we want this nurse, and they've had her name. And people get connected to their, to their caregiver.
0: Well, it does raise a couple of questions that I had maybe to help clear up for the listeners. And also for myself here, uh, when we talk about at home care, especially for some of the services you provide, we're not just talking about like the elderly or, or somebody with a physical disability in the sense of like, you know, a disabled veteran for an example. Uh, but your, 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 your service also offers to people who are, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Okay. I'm going to use general broad generalization because uh, I'm not a doctor. So <laughs> specific, specific uh, ailments or, or disabilities are far beyond my comprehension. So as, as a broader spectrum, like you'll help people who are severely autistic, for example, or maybe with Down syndrome that can't necessarily live on their own or take care of their own physical well-beings or mental well-beings is that is that correct the nurses guild is
1: is broader than just elderly health care we basically do elderly health care a lot of patients like that some of them um do have medicare because they're disabled okay some younger patients um some of our psychiatric patients um especially like in the broward area we have a lot of Psychiatric patients that maybe aren't elderly and maybe they're getting injections or something like that. A lot of them will have, you know, Medicare plan because they're on disability. And we see a lot of those patients. We don't see like pediatric patients. Right. We're not we're not qualified to do that. Um, but there is, is, in
2: addition, there's a private side right. as well. Right. So there might be non professional services provided in assistance. Um, so, and that could be for that's private pay and out of pocket okay. as well. So there is that homemaker um, companion aid. type of home health right. aid type of service as well. Um, And that one is generally paid out of pocket. But Medicare does provide home health aid for the seniors as well, or for anyone who's disabled. For a certain length of time. Yeah, it's short-term. Yeah,
1: everything right now with home care is short-term. It used to be more long-term. But now, what basically, Medicare is a short-term process. And a lot of times hospice would be picking up some of these patients, but now people are starting to look at that and say, you know, you can't be on hospice for two, three years. Right. You're better off having, you know, home care. And that's the thing like home care is starting to move away from chronic care. But in Florida, um, we have a lot of chronic care. I mean, a lot of people come down here. They're, their families are down here, they retire down here, and somebody needs to care for these chronic people. And pretty much home care needs to try to get back involved in that method, because now we're doing like more acute, where we see them for like, I don't know, two months or something like that, instead of like a year.
0: see, see that 's something that 's something that concerns me and, and maybe again, maybe my, my lack of of knowledge of education in this uh, might, might cause some of the ignorance in, in the question i 'm about to ask what you, you say with the short term health care and just so I can center to my own brain or uh, put, put the math together in my own brain you, for the sake of argument let 's say short term healthcare is ninety days um, so the people on Medicare or Medicaid can get ninety days of your service and then afterwards what pay out of pocket, go to another group, or can they recycle and pay for another 90 days of your service? Like how how does the short term work? If somebody needs it more than what the short term, you know, allows.
2: What you might be thinking about is a chronic care patient or someone who has a chronic condition, like a disability, like quadriplegia pair, you know, that individual might have, um, a catheter or some other medical device that has to be maintained um, because of his bedbound status and inability to move and the, that individual he or she may be at risk of now skin care um, because their wounds and which can arise because patients begin to um, have difficulty with movement. Um, and pressure so it's difficult because they're they're not medicare is not providing a program really that is really fixed they will allow it but they're not really fixed on providing a program that's really for long-term chronic they
1: want us to train family members yeah to do things yeah. like wounds, dressing, stuff like that. And right. some family members are able to do that or to teach the patient. Now there's only so much you can do with teaching some of the patients. Right. A lot of our patients have dementia. So I can't expect them to know how to do their 20 medications. So maybe what I do is I try to contact their neighbor or their family member or if they have somebody that lives in, because not everybody could afford, you know, an aid to help them or whatever we try to give them as much as we can and if we see that there's a need a bad you know a big need we'll call a social
2: worker in too to help to see if there's some community resources right that this person is eligible to get to for assistance but the big crux of the matter right. here is people that don't have someone looking in on them periodically that are That's really chronic care end up in the hospital way more frequently. Right. Big, expensive bills in the hospital. Right. So home care is a win-win if, if the government really begins to look at it more because the patients prefer it and and the emergency rooms prefer it because because the patient can be stabilized better in the home.
1: And less infections. Yes. Because when you're in your own home, Okay, you kind of know what's going on. And it's actually it's safer for the patients. It's better for like fall prevention, because they know their home, we could send an occupational therapist in and they could set up their home. If they're having some disability, if they can't see or whatever, that person evaluates their situation. And really, if you got sick, wouldn't you want to stay in your own home instead of scary going to the hospital well,
0: yeah. i was actually gonna i was actually gonna state on that I, I was thinking uh when you guys were first talking about you guys uh especially uh specialize in in uh psychiatric uh
2: yes in providing, yes because some people have you know maybe a diagnosis of agoraphobia as well as a depression That means the person really doesn't want to leave their home because there's too much anxiety involved. Well,
0: even not a person like that. I I was thinking back to when I was a kid and uh, I was, I was a disruptive kid. I was, I wound up getting, uh, diagnosed with AD and D or, or AD, ADD. Anybody
1: gets diagnosed with
0: that you're your I young know. boy. They, they hand out Ritalin like it's like, yeah. it's yes. I mean, you know, at the time I remember them sending me to a psychotherapist. It's the only time I ever went to a psychotherapist and you know, they're trying to figure out why it's was disruptive and everything. And the, the psychotherapist was trying to make me write letters to my dead father um, who, who died when I was six months old. So I didn't even have memories or recollections of the man, but you know, I'm not picking on the, on the, 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 the process, but I remember even as a kid, how uncomfortable I was in their office in a strange space and, and talking about things that, that you, you know, you, you just don't talk to people about. I imagine, I got to imagine with that field Doing it in the comfort of your own home. Like I'm imagining like now, 43-year-old me, if I needed like uh, cycle, cycle anal, uh, analysts talking to me and figuring out what's wrong in my head or whatever, right. I think I would feel more comfortable sitting in my own recliner talking to you about it yeah. than, you know, yeah. some hospital room or office building room, no matter how many nice pictures they put on the wall. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not as a comfortable space as my own living room.
2: And you can control it too. And that's one of the big issues is people feel that once they have control or they feel they have control, then they can be more renewing. They feel more relaxed in their
1: own home. They, and a lot of us, when we go and visit them, we kind of, we share with them. We let them talk about <coughs> what, what their problems are. We try to give them support. Gretchen and I are both trained in hypnosis. Um, and a lot of the elderly are kind of freaky about it, but we 've had patients that actually said, "Please help me in any way you can we don 't like just pushing drugs on people right i mean, right. 've been a psychiatric nurse forever, and I started when I was very young and it 's very difficult because we I thought by now we have better things than Prozac, and <laughs> it kind of drives me nuts right you know because right. i don 't like pushing medication on people.
2: And benzos are very, that's another Really scary. It is. Benzos are not something that it's still being prescribed quite often. And some, many people don't respond well to them. And sometimes they continue taking it for way too long. And they have falls.
1: And what happens is they get a tolerance. So they keep taking more and more. It's it's dangerous. it's dangerous. And that's, we evaluate their medications. And like you were talking about the Ritalin, I know the Ritalin days, and a lot of college kids would take it to study. And you know, now like Adderall, and there's so many young, younger men, you know, young boys and even older men that they say, oh, they have ADD, they have ADD. I mean, Look, look what you're doing right now. It's pretty cool. You really got to concentrate. You talk <laughs> to people. You got to,
2: you know, I mean, it's just. It's I, crazy. I,
1: I never <laughs> believed
0: I had uh, ad and D. And actually, uh, uh, Christopher's Hospital, uh, CHOP, Children's right. Hospital oh, that's that's there. And, and all, uh, they evaluated and tested me in fourth grade. And uh, later on discovered that I didn't need Ritalin. It turns out I was just really bored. Because I'm already at a high school level with most things and and putting there teaching fourth grade level to things I already knew. I I was, you know, I was, I I was disruptive because I was bored. There was nothing challenging me. That's what they discovered. But I mean, with the Ritalin, I remember my mother talking about, and this is why I distrust a lot of medications and maybe, maybe you can help ease my mind and some of the listeners minds that may share the same thing with me. But like with things like Ritalin, Ritalin for lack of a better term from my experience was like, speed it was legal speed my mother described my behaviors with ritalin was when i took the pill of course i was laser focused on everything i was doing but i was a, a a drone zombie like i would just do what i needed to do go through the motions and and everything was fine like obviously i was concentrating and not being disruptive but i was also not really a personable human being right she said the worst part about it was when I would come off, when I'd start coming down. You would notice I was coming down, yeah. because all of a sudden I became enraged and angry and, and very antsy. And, and to the point of not physical violence to people, but like zero tolerance for things not working the way I want them to work right away. So the best way I can describe it is uh, getting mad and cursing out the VCR because the tape wasn't rewound.
2: Yeah. Right. You didn't have the energy to manage yeah. the uh, emotion, the impulsivity, because you're coming down from that medication, so you're tired. You didn't have really the ability to manage these emotions, and not the coping strategies either, as a young person. You didn't right. have that to develop it. Plus, sometimes people develop a sleep
1: disturbance, you know? I mean, it, it, That's it's true difficulty too. sleeping. You get your... You're trying to sleep. Again, no resources,
2: yeah. no emotional resources Nothing.
1: to be able to manage. And then you can get depressed too, especially if it's stopped abruptly. And the same thing, even with all the new ones, you know, and some of them, uh, they're saying they're good for weight loss and stuff like that. But any kind of medicine that you're on, you really have to, you really have to look at it and see and find the reason why you're taking it. Because a lot of the medications have side effects right short
2: term may be yeah. the the you know definitely. definitely because one wants to take the edge off sometimes there's a great deal of depression and real psychic pain and whether it's an older person you know in their 20s and 30s or Um, And, and there are events in life that are traumatic. Uh, People's spouses die, people's children die. Um, You know, all those kinds are truly traumatic. Um, But they're not meant to replace the ability to live. And people need to have coping skills
0: that was part of the reason I asked, I was uh, leaning towards in that question. Wasn't necessarily about like myself, but it was using, using myself as an example. When you guys go into a a person's home and, and of course, through, through this stuff that you do, obviously you got to help manage their medications. Do you guys not only just manage like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but you take a look at each individual medication and see if it's something that they really necessarily even need. Or maybe uh, find out that it's uh, the wrong medication for what they symptomatically have, uh, as opposed to you know product B would be better for for their individuality. Like, is this some of the, uh, the the home care advices that you uh, your 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 company yeah, there, would provide?
2: There would be yeah. the adverse effects of the medication. Say if. The- <laughs> is talking about, oh, I'm um, having this effect or I'm um, overeating and they're on Depakote yeah. um, and you see the weight's really going up. Um, that happens to be a medication that really puts and on the the sugar weight goes for some up people. Some, some yes, some Zyprexa, it, a, a medication blood up. sugar really goes up. Yes, those are things um, that we report to the physician and, um, so that the physician yeah. then can make an assessment.
1: And sometimes we know the patient better than they do because we see them more. Because we might be going in there for two months, you know, twice a week or once a week. So we see what actually is going on. And if we see something that doesn't look right with their medications or if they're having a side effect, like Gretchen said, a lot of the psych medicines cause waking. They cause increased blood sugar. They cause sleeplessness. Some of them cause too much sleep. So we were able to evaluate that and the patients feel more comfortable because some of them are afraid they're like some of them don't even want to take the medication and you'll ask them why and then if it sounds like they have a reason and you think maybe they don't need it you discuss it with the physician and let them know um
2: we also do a lot of teaching A lot teaching in in the areas of breathing techniques um, or positive imagery, or guided imagery. We start with a little bit of the techniques that we've learned, um, and we want to be able to show the, this individual that they can manage their anxiety, that they have much more control over it than they really thought they did. So these practices, as they're, known, as they're called, um, as a person practices them and does them, becomes more and more proficient at them and can manage more emotional upset or afflicted emotions. That's another part of the strategy um, that we go in as nurses to instruct on coping skills, uh, practices, evaluation of medication. Um, so there's a number of things that we would do on, on the psychiatric side. We look at the whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we
1: look to see besides their physical, it, it's really weird when you're a nurse, as long as we have been, you can see a person and just walking down the street and kind of know, like what their symptoms are, what their conditions are, you know? I'm turn my camera off now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not, <that. laughs> Not to scare you, but you do, you, you look at people, you really evaluate them, and it, it just gives you a better idea of what's going on. Looking at the person and the other thing, one of the things I think that's really important about psychiatry is most psych nurses look at the whole person and we kind of overcommunicate. <laughs> we do that a lot, but sometimes it could be annoying. But it's important, especially in home care, because communication's tough. You're out in the field. You're there by yourself. And, you know, you can call the office. You can call the doctor. But, like, if, you know, if the patient's having a cardiac arrest, I mean, you know, you call the 911, you start doing CPR or whatever. Or the other thing, it could be a psychiatric, somebody could be really, like, losing it. Um, agitated, you know, not to scare people, but I've had a knife pulled on me and uh, Gretchen's had, went to somebody's house and he had guns, (laughs) but, you know, I mean, this is, this is the way things are and people now, the way society is today, it's just, it's very scary. A lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of COVID. They're afraid to leave their home. If they leave their home, are they going to be safe? These people, the elderly especially, were afraid to leave their home in the first place because some of them are worried about them falling or, you know, having some kind of medical problem when they're out there. But now it's like it's a lot more. Well,
0: again, you you kind of bring me back to one of the first questions I asked with uh, besides the elderly. I mean, uh, to give you an example. And there were two things I wanted to take away from this, what I'm about to say now, and then I want to get back to the breathing technique, because I had a question about that. Uh, but beforehand, uh, to give you an example, down in Orlando, Florida, I have a good friend uh, who, who was an independent professional wrestler with me. He actually owned a company called Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling. Uh, his name is Michael Hunt, but we called him Lightning Blind Mike. And the reason we called him that is because he was blind. He, has 20, he had 20% of his peripheral vision. He could see shadows out of the corner right. of his eye. That's how he was able to maintain being a professional wrestler. Since those years, his eyesight has gone completely. Now he runs an internet radio program for blind people called blindcaferadio.net. Wow, that's and
2: wonderful. Wow.
0: I was wondering, does the nurse's skill provide anything for people with that type of disability where they may have problems getting along in, in life because they have no sight or no hearing?
2: Yeah, actually, there is um, low vision. They call that low vision because he's not probably, com- well, at, that, at the time you were talking about, he wasn't completely blind. So low vision, yeah. uh, right. occupational and therapy. Really is- is a specialty in low vision, and um, they are able to work with the individual because they need to structure the home in such a way that it's easy to move around.
1: And that's an important thing. Like my mom, she has macular degeneration. That's and, what he had. Yeah, and she gets you know the injections, and it's it's helping her. I mean, she's 92 years old, and uh, she was driving like two years ago, but she you know. She has difficulty, and you, they set up her house. She, um, A home health person came in. Occupational therapy showed her how things are. She has someone helping her with her medication. Some of them even have, if they if they don't have help, they have these medication boxes that remind them to do things. It's right. time for your pill, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and there are things like Alexa and, and Google. Right, like that kind of And they also have things they press. That if they're, you know, walking around and they a, saw an alert button, an alert button. Right. a lot of them have those emetic alert And button.
2: Lions Club, um, right. I believe, may still have a program where they have a, it's a magnifier.
1: My mom okay, has that. So they, all right. They so even they have still... one to put on checks.
2: They yeah, could so you can still you get it's a big magnifier and you can still do your own things so that you can continue to be as independent as possible. Yeah, that's we encourage
1: as much independence as we can. Right. But if we see someone that needs help, then you know, we get the social worker involved. And a lot of times social work people get scared when they say, Oh, the social worker's coming. Oh, they're gonna take me out of my home. Oh, they're gonna put me away. Uh we have to try to convince them that the social worker is trying, is their friend.
2: <laughs> is trying to help
1: them just to go in and to see what the situation is. I mean, we see it too, but, you know, we, we got to kind of work together. We all work as a team. You know, we work with the therapists. We work with the social workers, the aides. You know, the aide will call us and they'll say, Mr. Smith doesn't want to take a bath. And, you know, we're like, okay, well, let's figure out why. and you know, they might not realize, okay, what's the reason? So they'll call us and they'll say, Hey, what should we do? We try to see what we can. We talk to the families. Because the families are really important in home care. Families are up there with the patients, you know.
2: And some dementias
1: <laughs> yeah. It's um hard. do
2: create that situation where they don't want to um always do the shower or they don't want it on somebody else's time or they you
0: know, so, um, it's not. A- well, now you ladies are going to have me picking your brain off camera. Cause I've got a 12 year old daughter that doesn't, that seems to like, be scared of the shower <laughs> there's a psychological <laughs> reason but uh yeah. no the question i had for the uh for the breathing exercises that you were talking about are yeah. you know for again for for layman people like myself and 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 maybe some of our listeners are we talking like lamas or are we talking more like a meditation like what what type of breathing are are we speaking
2: it's more a meditation but breathing once you begin to breathe you can immediately have a response in your anxiety once you focus your attention and you slow down your breathing because what anxiety does number one you hold your breath right because of the anxiety and when you hold your breath there's a lot of biochemistry in your body that's changing Okay. And, A lot, and you know, adrenaline's going through that bloodstream and being pumped through the bloodstream. But once you begin to breathe, if you notice your, hold your breath with certain thoughts, then you can begin to breathe and you breathe slowly and you count. One of the easiest things to begin is to do counts. One, two, three, four, inhale. One, two, three, four, hold. One, two, three, four, exhale and then begin your cycle again. And as you do this, you increase your minutes, you sit, you increase your minutes, and you your anxiety will fade.
1: And repetition and structure really helps people. It helps children, it helps dogs, it helps elderly. When you have a, a set plan, of like let's say you're gonna do some breathing or meditation whatever you want to call it right. at a certain time of the day and you start doing that at certain at that same time certain times of the day your your system gets used to that yes and you incorporate that into your life and it could be with anything it doesn't even have to be breathing it could be exercise you know I was a big gym freak yes. from my life I've lifted a lot of weights, but since COVID came, I had to quit the gym. And I was like, oh man, what am I gonna do? So I started swimming. And so now every day, like I'm at a desk job, which is kind of hard for me because I'm pretty hyper. Right. Every day when I'm done here, I swim laps. And I'm not great at it, but you know, it, it kind of, it makes me feel. Music is another thing. Um, You know listening i put my music on i swim my laps every day after work and it's it's a routine people need routines
2: structure helps
1: it's really and and, and we teach them that and outlets
0: i would imagine because thinking about like anxiety and anger issues uh for myself the, the the thing i found to help me was uh being a songwriter i whenever i ever get pissed off for lack of better term I'd sit down and write a lyric. Right. right. You're distracting yeah.
2: yourself from the thoughts right. that are producing the emotion of anger and you're redirecting your attention something to something that brings you pleasure and yeah. joy.
0: Right. That, that's the way I always looked at it. Is I, was, I was taking my aggression out in what I was writing as opposed to taking it out on a wall or some person I don't want to hurt or, whatever the case may be. And that, so that's why I always say like agreeing with what, what you ladies are saying, but also finding an outlet for, for those, those things also helps, I think.
2: Yes, that is an, an, yeah. another technique. That mm-hmm. would be a technique re, redirection. Um, there's also others where you actually don't redirect, Okay. And, but them. this might be, I don't know if you want me to, I'll explain what it is. Yeah, but Yeah. Um, Okay, make it really uh, down and dirty quick. All right. Um, you have a, a, a thought, negative thought. It causes you distress because you, once a thought goes by, you have an emotion that comes up. Anger, frustration, sadness, anxiety, fear. That's an afflicted emotion. When you notice that emotion, say to yourself, welcome, welcome. Welcome, why? You're given the opportunity to actually become conscious to your thinking. You need to sleuth back, back with that emotion. What was I thinking prior to the emotion? That will bring it to your conscious awareness. So now you're not unconscious about this emotion. And every time you can do that, you're bringing conscious awareness to the afflicted emotion. It gives you the opportunity to transcend that. So
0: so if I'm understanding this correctly, and, and, and so, you know, just, just for my own head here, my own headspace. if I, if I have a thought like I'm thinking about my ex wife and child support and I get, I get aggressive and, and angry because of, because of it
2: emotion right. comes up of anger frustration right. yes
0: and as opposed to going to an outlet and writing a song about how i hate paying child support for example I, you're what you're saying is i should say hey welcome anger let's hash this out and almost become my own psychologist in this fact of like okay this is the thought that made me angry this right. is anger now let's analyze why this makes me angry is well, that, well as,
2: as, yeah. let me make this point really refine it yeah um, You're welcoming the opportunity to practice how to let go of this emotion. Because if it just comes through, you're unconscious about it. But if you begin to bring it to conscious awareness, you can see, I see that I am angry. Chris, I would even suggest that you use your own name. I see Chris is angry about this. It's a third-person perspective. Okay. Um, so you can say, "I'm not judging." Chris cannot judge himself yeah, for having can. the thought. It's, it's perfectly fine that he feels the mo- the frustration. Okay. But it must become conscious to you that this is going on in your own mind, and as you become more proficient, you're gonna. Chris can let go of this frustration and anger. Chris can let go of it. Let it, you know, just let it go without pushing it away. It's a passive it's practice. It's like cognitive it's let behavioral
1: it therapy. It lets you realize what's going on with you. Right. And how you can accept it and how you could help yourself change. The brain is very plastic. brain can change especially somebody like your age
2: quickly more than you think things can (laughs) once you practice that a lot it loses (laughs) its habitual nature because it's habitual we're not
1: saying things are easy but no not at all but i I imagine
0: this is something you would do in like a mirror wouldn't it be? Or, or oh, literally well, sit on the and bed could, and just
2: think. And you could be doing it in the podcast right yeah. <laughs> in your right. car. Right. In the comfort That's of the your own mind. <laughs> so, so this is. damn this they
0: is, caught me. <laughs> <laughs> so this,
2: this is going beyond the fourth wall. Yeah, this is going yeah. deep. This, this is, is a deep wall. dive. I told
0: you this is what I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> But so, yes, but it is a practice and you will be amazed, um, but you just keep you doing should. it. And as often as you can, no judgment. Yeah,
1: no, no judgment. Ju- and that's
2: hard to do. Yes. Because in the beginning, in this you world, judge yourself, but let it go, yeah. let it go, let it go. Don't push you can't. it. Don't push the emotion away. Don't push the thought away. It's a letting go.
0: I can I can jump into this rabbit hole all day. But I know you ladies can get back to work and all that and all. Uh so so I'm I'll I'll save the rest of the questions for another time on that. Uh quite honestly, just talking to you two ladies, I'm sold on the product. Um but for people that are listening that might be interested in, in home health care, especially for their aging uh, family members, disabled veterans, stu- stuff of that nature, obviously, down in the description down below, we have the, the Nurses Guild uh, website as well as uh, the two phone numbers from uh, Palm Beach. And I forget the other place I don't have. Uh, yeah,
1: my last point.
0: Light Lighthouse point uh, for you guys to call and contact. And I, I, I want you to explain what people can expect uh, the first time contacting the nurses guild. Like, uh, do you guys have to have a representative come out or does a nurse automatically come out to assess the situation before even setting up a contract or anything? Uh, let, let our listeners know how, how things would go if they call or contact you guys.
1: Uh, we usually get an order from a hospital or um, a doctor. Okay. And- then we contact the patient and we let them know about home care. We send um, a registered nurse out most of the time. Sometimes we'll send a physical therapist if it's going to be just the therapy only case. Okay. And we go through this big procedure with a lot of questions and they look at the patient physically, see if there's anything else that they need and we, you know, we keep in touch with the doctor because we get orders throughout the period that we're seeing them. We let them know um, how long, basically how long we're going to see them. Okay. Um, they, our nurses, usually, if, if the patient has a problem and, you know, they come for a visit maybe two or three times a week, depending on what it is. Sometimes it's an IV, then they might be there every day for a while. Right. Sometimes it's, you know, wounds, so it might be a couple times a week but it's explained to the family. We, we keep in touch with the family, the patient. Um, People are also welcome to call our office if they have questions about home care or if they're worried about someone and, and they say, Hey, I'm concerned about my family member. And then we, we have to have a doctor's order. We can't just, you know,
0: it's not something that I could just like, uh, uh, like a plumber. You can't go to the yellow page and say, Hey, I want a nurse to check on my dad.
1: Right, you have to, you know, we have to have a doctor's order for home health. Right. But, you know, we can we can talk with them on the phone, we could tell them how to do that, explain to them. A lot of them are like, "Oh, good." And now, well, it just changed in Florida, but a lot of doctors were doing telehealth visits where, you know, like this, like talking and the patient would say, "Okay, here's my arm, this is what's going on, blah blah blah." We were doing that for like a long time. Now, we're pretty much We have a doctor that can come out that does home visits. And a lot of agencies don't have that, but we have a doctor that is connected with us. He's an
0: associate of it, but he's still-
1: He's an associate and um, we've worked with him for a long time. And he tells us he goes to see the patients like on a monthly basis. And he sends us notes on what's going on and we confer with him. But we also get like a lot of referrals from hospitals. Right. Um, which, you know, people that just get out, they might have- chronic- We do
2: IVs. Yeah, we, we do. We um, infusion of antibiotics, normally very short term. Yeah. Um, we're not doing like infusions of uh, neoplastic medication. Right. Yeah, we're not Can- doing that. Cancer drugs. Um, and wound care, we do wound care. Um, You know, for the medical, we do uh, instruction on cardiac medications or pulmonary infections like pneumonia. Um, So the medical, um, like, say a person has a Foley catheter, which is a tube that um, the person has to urinate through into a bag. Well, we also take care of that. Colostomy
1: stuff like that. Yeah. And we show the family. We try to find somebody to teach. Right. And sometimes people really want to do it. They really want to help their family. And sometimes they're scared. It, it really is amazing. Uh, um, in my own head, I have
0: right now, my grandfather was a very, very proud man. Uh, he served in the military, uh, World War II and Korea when he was done. He was a deputy sheriff for 26 years for the city of Philadelphia. He ran a youth organization called the United States Naval Sea Cadets, the Philadelphia division, uh, throughout majority of that time when his diabetes and his health slipped, it was such a hard thing to see for the man. But, you know, I sit there thinking to myself, like, I, you know, I remember there's a lot of things in this world that like, you just sit sit there and go, Ooh, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to like, uh. Put put my late grandfather's business out there, but I remember when he got so bad, like he would need help giving himself a fleet edema. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. and I remember, you know, as much as that would gross me out, if my best friend was like, "Dude, stick this up my rear end or whatever," yeah. <laughs> you know. Wow. But my grandfather asking me it was not even a thought. It was like absolutely, you know, hand it
1: to me and let me take care of it. You know
2: I mean. Wow. Well, it's the love of family. Yeah,
1: and it's, you know, we see it a lot and we also see the opposite too. We see families that, you know, don't want to do it or don't want to, and it's sad when you see someone that doesn't have anyone. And that's why, too, psychiatry is very important um, to come in. It's it's important when that happens. Yeah, so I, I
0: imagine, like, As far as finding help, as sad as it is that there are some people that are like that, I got to imagine that majority of them are absolutely like lining up like, what can I do?
1: Right. Well, that is, you you get that a lot. Um, A lot of times we have families that call our office here and they're just distraught. They just don't know what to do. And, you know, a lot of times we, what we'll do is we'll, you know, we'll mention, we'll mention the social worker or we'll mention, you know, why don't we have, sometimes we can't even say we're going to send a psychiatric nurse out because people are like, oh, I'm not crazy. You you might have to say, you might have to say, well, we're going to send a nurse out to help you.
2: A feelings nurse often is what we talk about. Or or someone that you could, Which is really essentially what it is. (laughs) That's what we do. Yeah. We work with feelings. Yeah. That's what
1: it is. And it does it does help them. And you know, the thing that really that I think about a lot um, is that it's so the patient's well-being and how how they feel about themselves and what's going on with them as they age is so important. They need to talk about it. They're feeling loss, you know, and. Our country needs to realize that. We have a lot of elderly here. Right. We need to, to let these people talk about how they're feeling, their losses, what's going on, and what we could do to help them. And home health does a lot of that because they get a connection with us. I, I haven't seen patients recently, but I have a patient, and Gretchen and I both saw her for like a long time, and she moved to Alabama. She can't even write, but she can, but it's tough. I sent her occupational therapist when I was seeing her. She writes me letters till this day. And I haven't seen her in like probably almost two years. Writes me letters and sends me Christmas cards.
0: That's awesome. So
1: that's pretty much what you get out of this. You know, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling to know that you've helped somebody. I know her whole family and, um, Gretchen does too, and she always goes, give me Gretchen's address so I could write her a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing, you know, for her writing. And it's, it's just, it's a good thing.
0: That is awesome. Well, ladies, normally at this point of the show, at this portion of the show, I usually have my guests tell people where they can reach you. Uh, obviously, I said that everything was in the description down below, but if you ladies would like to vocalize it out for the people uh, about the Nurses Guild, now's the time to do so. Uh, finalization and let them know how they can get in contact with the Nurses Guild or get more information.
2: Okay, we, you could reach us uh, easily by phone, and that would be 561 826 8937. Also, you could reach us through email, which is um, Guild P as in Peter, B as in boy, at att.net. And in addition, we are. Do you, do you want the address as well?
0: Uh sure, because uh surprisingly enough, I looked on anchor.fm earlier uh to see to see my uh where my podcast was going and, and being listened to. And obviously uh in the top three uh in the United States, in the top three, uh I'm mainly heard in California, surprisingly enough. Uh secondary is Pennsylvania, but third right. is Florida.
2: Yay! <laughs> All right. no. um, our address is seventy seven hundred Congress Avenue, and that would be Suite eleven oh seven and uh, Boca Raton, Florida three three four eight seven, and it is the Nurses Guild of the Palm beaches. beaches,
1: and we our other offices in in Broward County, which is Lighthouse Point, which is by Pompano Beach and Fort Lauderdale, so. Okay. Um, we have quite a few patients there too. That's but whatever crazy. we can do to help families and patients, we're here for you. Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: I guess the final question, because my podcast does go worldwide and obviously we we, we, we unfortunately would not be able to help somebody in Indonesia for the sake of argument. But uh, say somebody in Philadelphia hears this podcast and is interested in the nursing guild, but they're in Philadelphia. Uh, is there any future plans of,
1: expansion franchising well we always think about it. it you know a lot of it depends but we also can give people referrals i have worked my husband and i have worked in philadelphia um many years um, i do miss it but most of my work there was hospitals i did try to start psychi- psychiatric home care when i worked at one of the hospitals in philly Okay. And uh, in those days, which was like early 90s, they were really worried about liability purposes with the nurses and stuff because we were going to go into some areas they were concerned about. And I, I really, I worked on a program and I tried to get it through, but it never went through. And then I moved to Florida. But um, we, we would give them, you know, referrals there too because there, there are home care agencies in all the states. Right. Uh, we, we just have a lot of home care because we have a lot of elderly. A lot of people retire here.
0: Right. No, that makes the most sense. <laughs> well, ladies, I thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, folks listening in, remember the description down below. Uh, you will find all the information if you find interest in uh, the Nurses Guild, whether for referral in your own area or you have a family member that could be in need of these services, please contact through the phone numbers or through the website down in the description below. I want to thank you very much for listening in. If you enjoyed this video, enjoy, uh, hit that thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe check out all the other great podcasts of realm of the miss entertainment and of course for our audio uh, listeners you know we have you covered just look up realm of the miss entertainment on anchor.fm apple itunes spotify pandora iheart radio or wherever quality podcasts can be heard again we are proudly sponsored by the nurses guild so you'll always get the information on every video we release so uh, even if this one you're not ready yet By the next episode, you may be ready. The information will be right there at your fingertips. Again, I want to thank Lee and Gretchen for coming on. I thoroughly enjoyed this. And trust me, I'll have you back on because i got plenty more questions.
1: Okay. Thanks a lot for having us. We appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And, folks, I will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall. Have a good night.